The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. Welcome back to a brand new series of the I Am Independent podcast. These are certainly strange times that we live in, but nevertheless, the independent artist grind is real, hustling hard uh, more than ever, I would think. Well, we're hoping that this series will continue to inspire you, resource you and encourage you even in these difficult times, covering all sorts of topics that are relevant to you guys. We always welcome your feedback, so do get in touch on Instagram or through our website you can find our email address uh, info at iamindependent.co.uk to let us know what you'd like us to cover what you'd want to hear more of or just any comments that you want to share with us so this series is all about hearing artists stories uh, learning from those who have gone before but also thinking about real life as an artist and how we apply that how we live it how we make those dreams a reality So thanks once again for joining us. Enjoy. Welcome to the I Am Independent podcast, our series of speaking to amazing independent artists. Now today, I hardly know how to introduce this person because they are literally multi-talented. One of those annoying people that everything they do, they end up being really good at it. Um, Not average, amazing at it. Um, And both Bianca and I have had the pleasure of working with this incredibly talented lady but also um she is a friend which is nice so we've wanted to speak to her for a while and she covers so many bases um and yeah she's just really inspirational to both of us so we think she is going to be for you as well you're going to learn a lot hear a lot of tips she says it how it is as well so i think you're going to find it a real refreshing chat welcome to the podcast cat deal Hello. Thanks for having me, guys. This is so nice. Thank you for being here. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm currently just, you know, trying to wade through lockdown number 7004. But uh, yeah, I'm actually good, thank you. How are you guys? We're all right. Just happy good. to be... It's nice to be back at it and doing stuff that you love mm. to do and, and be able to do it in this season because yeah. that's not um, the story for everyone. So it's all good, you know. Um, um, so I wanted to start off, could you just tell us about you? Tell us who you are as, um, what will you say you do and what will you say your, your job is and, yeah. you know, tell us about you. So, yeah, it's always super difficult. So there's a couple of things, I guess. So I'm a songwriter, so that's like for other people. Um, I am a producer, again, for other people and myself. Um, and I'm a live musician as well, so mm-hmm. I play sax um, live and recording and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and horns actually. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's basically what I do. It's actually quite easy. Did you mention singer? Oh, I sing as well, but <laughs> I mean, like one of the yeah. best singers I know. And she just says, "Yeah, I always sing a bit as well." Do you know what? I forget because I'm not doing it so much at the moment. I just forget I sing. I mean. That's mad to me because Sorry. you're you're and when to say you're an incredible vocalist, I don't think that does it justice. Like you're 
amazing. And oh. just to let everyone know, like I'm recording an album and I asked Kat to like do some BVs, like to arrange some BVs and, and to vocal them. And the swiftness that she like created those BVs and just the level of like accuracy and the way that they bang is <laughs> like, you elevated so many of my tracks. And it was oh, just like you. such quick work. Oh, thank you. No, it was just it, honestly, and everyone, all the producers that you know got the got those BVs were literally shocked. They were just oh. like, wow, 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 wow. It's, it's so funny because like I'd say if God gave me one talent, it is BVs and like BV arranging and stuff. So like for me, like I started like harmonising around you when I was seven. Mm. So like I don't even really need to think about it now. Which and I can't like. I can't say, oh, I worked really, really hard on it. Like, it is just, like, I just hear it, which is super nice. So I can, like, kind of bang them out, which makes life a little bit easier because time is a thing. But um, I still super enjoy it. So I really appreciate when someone actually likes what I do. So, yeah, thanks. Um, what's that one comment was that um, they have not heard that level of, like, precision and accuracy um, in, um, like, that in singers in that sort of arrangement and that sort of singing from British artists, it's usually that level of accuracy is kind of an American thing that for them they've heard. And that was really? like the the comment, like that it was unusual. Um, it's not to say that we don't have uh, incredible singers, but it was there was just an accuracy and a clarity that was quite rare in terms of the movies. So, yes, Jeez. babes. Being compared to Americans is always great. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends That's what you're really being compared, compared on. on. Really compared oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> what always has amazed me, Kat, I think we, we first met each other, I don't know how many years ago, but when I interviewed you on my unsigned radio show and yeah. you were an emerging artist. And then we got chatting afterwards because we've been friends ever since. And you just casually mentioned that, oh, I wasn't even going to be in music. I was actually um, going to be a professional athlete. And not just professional, like, we're going to be in the Olympics. And I was like, what? And it, it's so rare that somebody can be exceptional in one thing, you know, where their path's marked out. And then to completely change career. I mean, you didn't become a physio or something, you know, in sport. But music and be as exceptional as you are. And I remember that you at that point we're just beginning to learn some instruments and the next time I saw you you were like on professional gigs <laughs> and I know a lot of the thing that because I, I know you now is you've kind of just said yes to everything and then you figure it out after like how much is that something that you've consciously decided to do or do you just in, enjoy the, <laughs> the kind the of pain <laughs> Well, even just the, the um, it's quite a scary thing to do, but opportunities come and you go, yeah, I'll try that. And then you throw yourself in at the deep end is what I've observed from you again and again and again. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I look back at my life and I'm like, why did I do, like, I was a slam poet for a couple of years. And I was no like way. top three in the country on that one, like on a national competition. I was like, why did I get up and just like do poetry in front of people with silence? What was I thinking? Like, I think I've just been quite stupidly brave, I think is how I would put it. Um, like, I remember my first sax gig and like, I self-taught on sax. Like once my running career ended, like I picked it up. My dad told me not to play it 
because it's too complicated. So I like got my own money and I hired one. And the first thing I played was a Charlie Parker piece called Ornithology, which is stupid. Um, and he was like, oh, okay, maybe you can play it. So like, I don't know. Like, I just think there's this like braveness that I have, which isn't that conscious. And I'm just like, oh yeah, whatever, like we'll do it. And I think I also have like running gave me an an attitude and I'm only really understanding it now like I used to train like five six times a week even when I even when I was pain or I was tired or it was snowing or, or like it it teaches you to just push through and, mm. and your limits aren't the same like you realize you can do more than you think you can and I think like athletics really taught me that and I think I've translated that into the rest of my life and what I do in that okay let's try it and let's do the best and let's equip myself as much as possible which is what training did and see if I can do it and if I can't oh well um but if I can then great and I think I'm just quite passionate about different things like I was passionate about music but I kind of cut that off for athletics because it took so much of my time so when that ended like I still had that passion there and um I was also bored so yeah and like yeah I just kind of try it but like really try it, like go for it, like equip myself as, as much knowledge as possible. Um, so yeah, I do think it's stupid bravery, if I'm honest, because I look back at some things, I'm like, why did I do that? But I think yeah. you, you rise to the challenge as well. Um, one of my claims to fame is always going to be, and I didn't even know this till I heard you saying this to somebody else, that you you say that I made you produce for the same first time for Bianca. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was the first time. I thought you'd yeah. been doing this for a bit. So did I. I thought you'd done a few before then. But I love now that between me and Bianca, we forced you to be a producer. And now you're this amazing producer. You guys have actually changed my life. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. No, the thing is, though, the thing is, though, Kat, is that you didn't let on, though. You was all like, yeah, 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 and doing, doing the thing. You didn't really let on that. You... I mean, you kind of said, oh, this is my first proper thing thing. But I didn't, that didn't translate to me as if you hadn't been doing this for a, a minute. Do you know what I mean? So I didn't know. You was very confident. And that is, there's something about that. You don't tell the artist. Loretta, however, had a different story from me when she asked. Because she is the one who asked me. And I was like, I don't know if I can, guys. And she was like, no, I think you'd like, no, you could like do it, try it. And I knew like with Loretta, like if it was rubbish... She'd nicely tell me no, yeah. and I didn't mind that. I was like, look, if it's rubbish, yeah. whatever, like, absolutely fine. I'll give it a go. And if it's not, whereas, like, I just don't think I said anything to you. And I loved it, and I was like, I loved it enough to put it out. Like, I was just yeah. like, yeah, that's, that bangs, that's going out. I still really like it. Me too. I, I like Some things I did in that production, I'm like, how did I do that? Wow. It's really funny. But I feel like there's something also about, um, like, the work ethic and the courage but it's also a curiosity like you've got a curiosity about like you keep your curiosity about music and you don't kind of settle into oh this is just what I do like mm. but you're it's all it still seems like an adventure to you and and I think that we can when things become professional we can um potentially lose that because we're like we want to find the thing that I do and then I want to drill down in that and there's something about that that is like um needed and admirable but also about being curious about learning and growing and being interested in the different areas of this um craft and this business I think that helps us to also continue to grow and evolve into who we're 
who we're supposed to be in this business and in and in our own careers because some I feel like sometimes we settle really quickly on like I'm a singer I do this this is what I do yeah. that's it um but potentially we're more than that and we and to stay curious kind of helps us I watched I was watching this um documentary on Netflix this David Foster one this David Foster the producer produced like Unbreak My Heart and the Bodyguard soundtrack and found Celine Dion and Buble and Earth, Wind & Fire. Uh, it's this, this, done so much music. And I see a little bit of the same thing, just the curiosity. Started out as a, doing, as a musician in a band and wanted to be, do that. And that kind of, kind, of, kind of came to its natural end. But he could have still been pushing into that. But then he went into the studio and he saw the person behind the desk and thought, I want to do that. That's what I want to mm-hmm. do. And kind of worked his way towards that. And just did lots and just said lots of so many things and now he wants to do Broadway but he's just his his career is incredible but I think the same thing I'm seeing is like a curiosity and a crazy work ethic combined and a courage as well yeah I think my rule is um I always have to variety is they say variety is the spice of life and I absolutely believe that in all on all levels because I realized that there was one time where so I'm doing work really well in dance at the moment especially like um writing and producing and i was just doing dance 24 7 and like my passion for everything was going and so i decided okay what am i going to do that that's different than that to kind of keep my spice do you know what i mean keep the spice up so like i started doing some pop stuff and some hip-hop stuff so i think variety is is a big thing for me um and and also, I always have to be learning something. I always have to be growing. I always have to be doing better. And I have to see myself doing better. And I do think that stems back to the athletics. Because it used to be like, I need to run fast. I need to get my personal best. I need to get two seconds faster, blah, 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 blah. So for me, I always need to be getting better. Otherwise, I don't feel great about myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like just like seeing other things and being like, oh, I wonder how that's done or how they do that. And then just doing, I'm a practical learner. I don't like people telling me stuff. I have to do it myself to learn it. So, yeah, I think it's a big combination of that. But variety is, like, definitely a spice of life. And how would you say that um, your other skills have um, each time contributed to the next thing you do? So, for example, you've already spoken about how being an athlete has helped you with the mentality. But how, for example, because I I see this and I'd love to see your take, how has you being a vocalist, for example, um, influenced how you produce and the type of producer that you are. Yeah, so it's funny because I don't actually come across, and everyone who comes to my room is like, oh, when they realise I can sing, they're like, oh, like I've never had a producer who can sing. And for me, it means like melody, a lot of beat makers or producers, I think they're also two different things, but they're so instrumental focused and they're so beat based that it the melody isn't king anymore. And what do we remember about a song? Like the fact that you can remix songs shows that the melody is the most important thing. So for me, like I like to keep melody, melody and harmony as king in terms of artist music and and kind of produce around that to bring that out as strong as possible. Um, so I think that kind of changes it. And also, yeah, I just think I just think like a singer. <laughs> so and I guess being an instrumentalist as well, but also sax, like sax is my main instrument and horns and they are melody based. Mm. Like I'm not a harmony instrument person, even though I can make keys. Like, and I think that kind of drives, drives the sound and being very like vocal. Yeah, vocal led, I think. 
Um, I think talking about that, Jesse, just sparks a question for me. Like, because um, obviously I've worked with you and I feel like you got more, like you got different things out of me as a singer than I, I I've got in, uh, in other, other scenarios. Um, so talk to me about your approach with artists and vocalists and um, like, how do you approach um, getting the best out of a vocalist and, and advice for an artist maybe in a studio setting to get the best out of themselves perhaps yeah so <clears throat> I think like my knowledge as of voice definitely comes into it so I um I used to sing for National Youth Jazz Orchestra and I learned a lot that way about the voice and kind of how it's used as an instrument I think jazz really helps you with that mm. and I was teaching gospel choirs and stuff so and, and in that, you teach people, like, in teaching a gospel choir, I'm not just say, saying sing these notes, I'm teaching you how to sing the notes mm. in order to get, like, the, the best sound for everyone. And in that, like, teaching people to, like, get their chest voice better, stronger and stuff like that. So um, I think, like, my knowledge of that definitely comes into play when I'm vocal producing. And people people underestimate vocal production. Mm. Like, people don't think they need it and they can just kind of sing in their bedrooms and get the best result. Like, you can't. Like, you need someone who knows... Like the production of vocals and how to get the best out of you and yeah I think that's something that I love this new independent wave of people of of artists and stuff and doing it themselves but uh, there comes a point where in terms of tipping it to the next level of sound production you need a post producer and you need a vocal producer in my opinion um so yeah I kind of look at the artists and I whenever they're in my room and whenever they're singing or I'd have listened to stuff that they've done or I just know their voice and I listen to what they're doing and I listen to what I think they can do and what they are capable of. And I think a lot of people don't know what they're capable of vocally. Mm. Um, but I also don't think they have the tools to get there. Mm. So my thing is like me kind of assessing what they're actually capable of and then giving them the tools to bridge that gap within the session. So I'll be like, lower your larynx or like push from your diaphragm. Or, do you know what I mean? And actually I make it kind of technical and yeah, and it's also giving people confidence as well. Like, as a vocalist, like, I think that's a massive thing. Like, confidence affects performance. And I think it's the main thing that does affect performance. If you're confident, you sing better, you sing with more control. Like, it all affects... It, singing is probably 80% mental. So I guess my advice for people is, A, kind of, if you can, find a vocal producer that you enjoy working with and who gets the best out of you. Um, for your final vocals I think that's a good thing but it's be confident and also like always be working on your voice I think we're blessed that with singing it's our instrument is in our throat and some people just are born with it and you can sing but you can also get to the next level in terms of training so I think definitely get vocal training and stuff like that and yeah know your range as well I think a lot of people try and hit stuff that is mm. outside of actually what they physically can do mm. and like lower a key like a producer may get annoyed about it or whatever but whatever who cares lower the key like it's your song um and yeah work within within your range but and be confident so I think learning your voice is probably the biggest mm. uh, lesson I think that that singer should learn Just a quick reminder that we have a growing number of resources and useful videos on our YouTube page. Just search I Am Independent and you should find us. And do follow us on social media on Instagram at We Are Independent Artists and on Facebook under the same. 
Also on Facebook, you can join our closed group where we're creating community for independent artists to swap ideas, collaborate and just feel extra supported and encouraged. You can find links to everything we do on our website, www.iamindependent.co.uk. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about um, is, you know, people can easily see you and watch your career and, you know, you are this confident, fun person who's extremely talented. But what a lot of people don't know is most of your career changes have actually been forced on you through Mm. adversity, through your dreams being taken away. And I think it'd be so easy for someone to look at you and go, oh, you could just do anything. You've just decided to do this. But it's obviously because I'm your friend and the conversation we've had, it's, it could have ended with your running career ended, which was taken away from you um, because of an, an accident, wasn't it? Yeah. Initially. And then, and lots of people who, you know, dream of being an athlete or a dancer or something like that, if an injury causes their career to end, they never recover from that mentally and they go into a depression and they don't know what, who they are beyond that. And, you know, that happened to you with running. I know you've had vocal problems as well, where you couldn't sing as much as you wanted to. And it, it looked like that wasn't going to be able to be your main thing. And each time, rather than you giving up, and I know it wasn't easy for you and you still had all the feelings, you were like, what else can I do? What is it in you that made you do that and be able to pick yourself up each time? And also, what did you have to do to... Um, make your peace with the things that you had to leave behind? Super interesting question. I've never actually been asked this. Um, I think that I've always, yeah, I think with the running thing and that ending, I actually don't think I processed it for a long time. I think I dived into, I'm always distracting myself with something. So I dived into my studies dived into uni I dived into um music and yeah my family it's running was interesting because my family are musicians like my dad's a musician my brother's a songwriter producer doing really well and I was kind of like the black sheep of the family in that way like running so and I, I felt important like people knew who I was who I was when I was running people still like from my hometown are like oh like how's her running uh that I did a while ago um so yeah I don't actually think I super processed it I think I then just shifted I think to actually cope with it I shifted my focus into music or into studying um and yeah I think each time that something's happened I think it's a survival I think I have this innate sense of survival but my survival isn't just isn't just doing a nine to five and I actually kind of envy people who are happy with doing that Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to say in that because I think for people like us, like for, for us who are super ambitious, when is it ever going to be enough? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I think for me that was the case. It's like, well, like I could go to uni, I could get a, a, like a job, like a well-paid job in management or whatever, but it won't ever be enough. So, okay, what can I do that's going to make me feel enough um, or feel like my life is enough? So. Yeah, I actually don't think that's that healthy. <laughs> However, I think it's really great for productivity um, and why I've done stuff. So, yeah, I think my thing is just like, okay, cool. If this has happened to you and everything's beyond your control, what is in your control? So when my voice was going, I was like, okay, what is in my control? Well, I still need to make money. I still need to survive and I still want to do music. So 
the saxophone doesn't rely on my voice or my, my larynx, like being well. So I'm just going to switch to that. So I put all my energy into that and ended up doing really well on that. Um, and then I thought, oh, the live thing, like I don't want to be touring the whole of my life. So what else can I do? And that's okay, songwriting, producing. And then I found with that, like, I think I've always been trying to find this sense of flying. I remember when I was running and I was on top of my form and there's a specific race, like the UK champs. And I was doing this 1500 and I was flying, like no effort, like absolutely effortless. If you saw me, you'd be like, what? And my coach from me, he was like, that was incredible. Like absolutely effortless. And I think I've been trying to hit that same feeling. I've been searching for that feeling. And yeah, so that's why I've been trying all these different things and trying to survive whilst doing all these different things to find that feeling of flight. And I actually think I found it in songwriting. Like I heard a song of mine, it was on, uh, I was in Ministry of Sound and people were singing it back in Ministry of Sound. And I was like, wow, like that for me was my feeling of flight. And also sometimes when I'm like vocal producing or doing BVs or producing, like there'll come a stage where it becomes effortless and I'm just doing me. Um, so yeah, I think like that's kind of feel the thing to do. But I think for people who've gone through a similar situation, like, okay, cool, this thing's been taken out of your control. You're not able to do it anymore. What can you do? that's going to still make you feel alive. Like it may take a couple more years to then obviously develop the skills to get to that point. But what can you do? What is, yeah, what is within your power to, yeah, to do it and kind of go for that. But yeah, I don't think it's super healthy, <laughs> but it is super productive. So go for it. <laughs> you did mention that um, something just now about doing all these different things, but also having to find a way to survive whilst doing that. And mm. Um, talk about that a bit. Like, what does it look like to, like, make it sustainable? Like, yeah, and how so... do you how do you do that? How, like, even in a practical way, how do you manage when you do have some funds or some cash? What do you how, what is there something that you do with that to help you? Because you know that yeah, down there is going to look a bit. It's going to get a bit peak. A bit peaky. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all about, like, being being sensible. Like, yes, like, probably most of the people listening to this podcast want to be full-time artists and want to have their, like, all their money coming from that. But if you're going to quit your day job in the first couple of years of that, when, like, you're not really making any money from streaming and you're not really making any money from gigging, mm. like, the depression's going to hit. Like, you have yeah. to survive. We're still humans. We still have to pay rent. We still have to pay bills, et cetera, et cetera. So... For me, it was like, okay, what in my skill set that I like doing can I make money from? And I mean, most people can sing, right? Okay, so it's very different at the moment because of Corona has completely yes. thrown this out the window. But let's pretend we're back in non-Corona times. Yes. Um, like, use your skill set. And also, like, I don't think that you have to fully make money from music. Mm. And I used to say this, I used to, like, survey people in, in athletics, right? And the ones who were studying or doing a job ran better than when they became full-time athletes. Mm, interesting. Because your focus, your sole focus is on this. And instead of doing it for, like, an escape or passion or love, it becomes, right, well, I have to make money from this, so what am I going to do? So I, I think as much as people think that that is the pipe dream, I don't actually think that is the pipe dream until you get really big. Obviously, for some people it is. And, yeah, like, a lot of people really enjoy gigging, like, four or five times a week. Um, flying flying around the world like I've done that and it is great but it did reduce my passion for music 100 um so yeah I think it's like 
be sensible and look at like what mm. you can make money from or where you can make like I realized as a female sex player yeah I'm gonna exploit it I can make the most money boom did it like obviously like but I didn't solely do female things because that drove me mad like there's a lot of bands where they could have put a man in but they chose me and I think that's also super important but that's another discussion um so yeah and then I think like the releases and stuff like you need money to release like you you need money to make a campaign viable like if you think you're just going to put out music and put nothing behind it which is what i've learned like it's not going to really do much so you need money so whatever you can do i think like as long as you have the passion to then still do music when you get home or like try and find a job that sustains you like three times a week do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think there's something to be said for, for that definitely mm. i don't know if that's helpful but no, it is. It's because it's a mind. It's a mindset. It's, it, it is because it's a mindset thing. It's like a lot of times, as you say, you know, music is one of those um, careers that when you first come into it, you you have ideas about how it's going to go, and it's and it's and it, and it is pipe dreamish, isn't it? And then and then the you know you're green, and then and then you get you get hit by the reality of it, and it's like um, if you can if you can know when you're going into it that it's but but for like being in the 0.0.1 percent it's going to be a bit trickier than that and I'm going to have to navigate this a bit differently um maybe I am going to have to get that day job maybe it's going to take a longer time maybe I you know all of those things I think it's important just because it's all in here that helps you to continue you know getting your mind right in terms of sustaining and continuing yeah and I think there's a stigma that we need to fight against that you're not a musician unless you're doing it full-time yeah Mm. and like your full incomes from it like mm. i just think that's like whack yeah um and like i feel like it's slightly hypocritical for me to say because my full income is music and it has been for years but there was a tipping point mm. and i do think there's a tipping point in, in a in a musician artist producer songwriter's career where your money your money's starting to come up and there comes a point where you can then drop everything else out or like for me like the live stuff like the producing songwriting stuff has started to come up so the live stuff can fall out like and it's just being sensible and balancing that and yeah the mentality of like okay what do i need to do to make my dreams happen okay i need finances cool how's the best way and the best use of my time to get that and it might not be doing music or it might be doing music in another way so yeah yeah that's really helpful um, talk. Go on. No, I, was just, I might be asking her the same question you was going to ask. Um, you mentioned being um a female in in this business and 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 how you know, especially being a live um saxophonist and you know playing that that you know that can be tricky in terms of you know you being picked just because you are a female. But what is it? Talk about being a female producer and being in that space where it is definitely very male dominated. What's that been like? How have you that navigated? That was my question. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I you guys are. Yeah. We're in sync. Um, what's it been like? Um, how is that? How do you navigate it? How do you, um, you know, um, be strong in that and, and move forward and get the work and do the things? So I didn't ever... So my brother is a producer. Um, my, I call him brother from another mother who I shared my studio with is a producer like there's so many producers around me and yet it never occurred to me that I could be a producer Mm. like the thought for even a second never entered my mind yet my brother's been producing since he was 14 like I was in the bedroom next to him and he's making like garage beats and stuff like but it didn't enter my mind because I've never seen it like Mm. I've never been around a female producer never really heard of one so 
it yeah I think that affected me because I came to it later than I probably should have because realistically I'm somebody who can sing I can write and I can play instruments and I understand music theory and I've been studying I sit I go to people's gigs and like friends of mine who I like they're like drumming and I'd sit there and I'd literally just study them the whole gig and yet why did I not think I was a producer? Mm. Absolutely wild. So yeah, I think that originally affected me because I didn't even think it was possible. And then coming into it, like I've been blessed that like I've had some people who've believed in me, like they saw my raw talent and they kind of were like, oh no, 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 you, you can actually do this. Like you're actually really good. One guy said to me, I don't understand what happened. Like overnight you became a really good producer and what, I don't get it. And I was like, oh, thanks. So like, yeah, I think like actually like there's been men around me who've really encouraged me. Like obviously like, so Loretta uh, being the first um, to no. yeah really encourage me and make me do it in the first place. I say, yeah, Loretta and then about two or three men um, have been super instrumental so that's been really great because um, yeah I, don't, I, I think I think sometimes when we have these female discussions we don't also give men the props yeah. and I have to 100% like my ability is is very largely down to the guys around me so I thank, thank them greatly for that um, but yeah like, there is this feeling like I need to be great like I need to be better than every than a lot of people in order to be called a producer because we think our oh, female producer oh it's probably rubbish so the female musicians and I do see there's a different attitude and people say to me I play sax like a man which hey take that how you will but I get it because they're saying like I play with confidence and like when I come out I'm not like I'm like where did I do it I mean I really go for it and I see that like in a lot of female musicians as well. Like there's a massive thing about us, about us where confidence isn't pushed and it isn't taught and it isn't celebrated because we then get told, oh, she's like, yeah, all the negative things that we say about women. So yeah, I've really learned that I have to find that confidence in myself. And yeah, I definitely feel like I have to kind of be better than people. And like in my blog, like I'm pretty much the only female producer in the studio that I'm in. And people don't even think I'm a producer, like, until they actually meet me and talk to me. And people don't really talk to me. Or they do now. But, like, at the beginning, they didn't really talk to me. So, like, whereas all the guys had their own clique. And it was like, oh, okay, how do I do this? So, yeah, I definitely think it's been a little bit more challenging. But it's been great because, like, the amount of, like, people, even guy, like, male artists who come into my room, like, I've never worked with a producer. This is, like, a female producer. This is so exciting. And I definitely think we bring a little different side to it. Um... So, yeah, I just, I think, yeah, there's a big confidence thing and just feeling like I've got to be better than, than the other people. But, mm. again, that just drives me to be the best I can be, so I don't really hate it. And now that you're in that world, are you hearing of and seeing more female producers? Do you think as that there's more that are, are visible to be examples for girls to come through, that that will we'll see more and more? Yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely see, like, a new wave of female producers and most of them are starting out so it's like okay it's going to take time for us to really come through on like the bigger projects and stuff like that um but yeah I've done that obviously more research and like seen the people that have gone before me and like there are some amazing females out there yes it is rare yes like we're like the four percent or whatever but yeah and I've seen people like do it more and my advice is like for female producers it's like just know your craft like study as much as possible mm. I feel like 
even with a lot of producers starting out, they think, oh, they've made a beat. Okay, cool, they're a producer. Like, yes, let's work with artists. Let's do this, let's do that. And it's like, no, study your craft first. Like, know your stuff. Get as good as possible before you can kind of jump into that field. And that's with men as well. Like, mm. um, So, yeah, I think... I think it's definitely times are definitely changing and what i want to see is the awards start coming for mm. female producers and i think that's when things will the tables will turn so yeah it's time for the grammys it's time and i would like it to be me okay, <laughs> <laughs> um um in terms of like what you do in production and even just the other stuff because for somebody that kind of um pivots in the way that you you do um or the way that you have is that when you start the new thing you're not at even the level that you were when you laid down the old thing so the level that you were when you laid down the old thing in terms of finances and asking and charging is different from when you then you start the new thing so how do you go about um uh when do you when do you start charging when do you start going financially now's the time to kind of uh I know my worth I'm gonna you know charge the monies up the monies do the things you know just know who you are like just what are your thoughts on that yeah I think ugh, the finance part is super difficult because you don't uh, I think at the beginning um my advice is is I have this rule where I'll pretty much if I've asked to work with it, well, if I've asked to work with an artist, I'll be like, I'm going to do the first production or the first write for you for like, I'm not going to charge for it or the first vocal production or whatever. I'm not going to charge for it because they have to see that you're worth it in a way and that you guys work together well and stuff like that. So even now, like I've got a lot of stuff under my belt and I can definitely charge because I've proven myself, but um, I would still kind of probably do the first one generally free um yeah so i think there's there's that and establishing a connection that you that you yeah showing what you can do there's we have to show what we can do like as annoying as it is until you're an established name you kind of always have to be proving yourself which is Mm. super annoying um but yeah and i think like when people start coming to you and asking for you to do to produce for them or to write for them i think that is when you realize okay the tables have shifted from me kind of uh, like learning and learning through experience and actually me being a valuable kind of entity that mm. people, yeah want to come to so I think as soon as people start coming to you that's when I think you should start charging or up the money um and then like yeah the more you do the more experience you have like I do think yeah cuts are important like for me like as a songwriter like the last year like I've proven myself as a songwriter that I can get multi-millions of streams from a right so I'm going to approach that differently or when people come to me to write it's going to be differently than than two years ago when I didn't have that under my belt mm. so as annoying as it is like there is this period in in our industry of of doing stuff in order to learn and to get the experience um but then yeah as soon as like you've got something of note and, and valuable that's when you begin I I think that's when you begin to charge which which is super wishy-washy of me because it's definitely all like on an individual per, like basis yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it yeah, has to be yeah it's just the way it works isn't it yeah like, but yeah. don't charge too soon don't overcharge um and then when it's your time or when what you've got people want that's when you kind of up 
up your money because you'll also be on the on the basis of like it doesn't make sense for you to do stuff that isn't that isn't well paid because other people are coming to you with i mean you need that um and you've got projects that are going to fly so yeah i think the balance it kind of naturally happens but definitely at the beginning like people charging 500 pounds for a beat when you're like it's your fourth beat what are you doing mm. like don't do it so um, yeah yeah i think there's that and yeah experience i think yeah it's just like any job experience like the more experienced you are the higher your pay grade goes and i think you've just got to set that for yourself yeah in this like self-employed industry i think that that's one thing um i just do i do want to tease it out because i have I've noticed that about you and I think that's something for us as artists that actually there's there's a period of putting in the work that we need Mm -hmm. to do and and actually a lot of that is for ourselves like I feel like a lot of your journey up until a certain point it was for you and it was for your own growth and it was for your own passion and experience and 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 getting better and doing all of that and like you kind of know when the pivot is it's it's similar with when you're doing gigs and you do you start off when you start absolutely start gigging and you're like doing open mics and all the crappy ones and stuff and you're like you're doing it for you because you need to get better and like not be nervous and be know how to hold a crowd and do all that stuff but then there's a point where like this I don't do free don't do it for free no more you know you, you get it like I, I you have to I, yeah, at least expenses and then you have to start paying do you know what I mean and so I think we've got there's there's a thing of knowing the value of experience and working hard and honing craft and 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 doing that work is really important and it's not always about the finances and probably in that period is when those day jobs and those other things we do help us to be able to like this is important to me I want to grow I want to get better I want to be this sort of I want to have this sort of career I can see it but they I need to there's there's a bit of my 10,000 hours I need to do in in some sort of way yeah and like it, it kind of ties into what I said of like don't necessarily quit the day job on day one because if you start if you're kind of coming with an attitude of like yeah but you need to pay me and like someone's like well what have you done yeah you've done nothing like Mm. it's just not gonna work and like your rep like in this industry reputation is everything and if that becomes your reputation oh yeah but they're gonna charge me and they're not great like you're just then not gonna have the opportunity to get to work with multiple people and that's how what gets you better right so yeah i think it all ties into like to the money aspect like don't don't fully rely on it until pretty much you can like and you're an expert like for me like production now I'll charge because I'm I'm an expert I've done the work like and I've got stuff to prove it but before like why would I should like like when I was doing your track like why would I charge you mm. even though you guys were like I'll charge me no mm. why would I charge you because like I don't have the stuff to back it up yet cool I'll do it and now you see that I can do it and other people have you know what I mean and that's kind of the thing so yeah I think people need to I know a lot of people especially like this whole like new mentality of like money get your bag get the bag get the bag get the bag yeah cool get the bag but get the bag when like you can hold it yeah so yeah i think yeah money focus isn't isn't everything and there's yeah it's all timely yeah and you want to have a bag that you can sustain like be like you know i can have I can ha- I I've now got to a stage where I can have a bag for as long as I want to have bag in it. But but yeah. when you're when you you could lose it if you just don't go do your steps properly and and it's, and do the work. It's like that festival. What was that festival? Where oh yes, fire five four yeah. that one. Yeah. I wanted that documentary like that. It was wild. You can do that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Someone might pay you a thousand pounds to produce, and it's rubbish, and no one ever comes to you again. Absolutely. Or like they'll pay you that, and then you'll deliver the thing, and it's like, sorry, what? Yeah, like. Yeah, don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be them. Don't be basically. that guy. Don't be that guy. 
been so great to talk to you. I knew, knew that you would have so many gems for us and wisdom. Um, I guess I, you did sort of mention this already, but just to finish, any just advice that you would want to give to female producers in particular um, or just people um, who are perhaps maybe a, a dream is coming to an end or a door's closing, an avenue, and they're feeling like it's all over for them in music. What would you want to say to those two groups of people? Um, yeah, I would like to say that the journey is never how you see it when you start out. Like, life will push you. And I honestly think, like, my running career ended deliberately because I was supposed to be in music. That is honestly my outlook. And as painful as it is, and as, as like, tipped tipped for the top I was, and as much as that was my life, and as painful as, as it was to end it, I honestly think it was meant to happen. So I just think, like take an attitude of life directs you and life pushes you and it makes you uncomfortable in order to push you to something that's gonna maybe change your life so yeah keep going and whatever that keep going looks like whether it's in the same field whether it's slightly adjusting um don't give up have your moment like you definitely have to have to kind of take the time to kind of process everything like but then yeah you just just keep going understand what you want in life of what is going to fulfill you and make you happy and it's not always going to be what you thought um and then just go for that and don't take no for an answer learn your craft study 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 like my main my main advice is always learn your craft like get as good as possible understand as much as possible learn as much as possible um because someone said to me like just make your tracks undeniable and people can't say no mm. right so mm. just make just be as good as possible and that's kind of what's going to get you through mm. um i think collaboration i think we don't a lot of artists um a lot of yeah don't really understand or value collaboration mm. and i've really learned this year like collaboration is key it's an incredible like you will come up with stuff that individually you guys never would have come up with the average hit is written by six people Mm. right it's not one it's not we don't have you no man is an island you don't have to be an island just find a team that brings out the best in you and brings out stuff in you that you didn't know you 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 could do or sound like or write or yeah i think that is a massive like collaborate 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 and yeah just be confident and seek seek advice like uh, for me my like, mentorship is massive like having people around me i can just text and be like oh like, why does this compressor sound rubbish? Like, and they actually know the answer. I think that's super invaluable. So yeah, just equip yourself with people around you who can further further you um, and be confident. And like with the female thing, like your gender means nothing. It doesn't mean you're less capable. That's all rubbish. But don't like, and don't think like, like confidence is a manly trait. Like just, just go for it. Like who cares? Like it's your life. Um, yeah, so I think just keep going, equip yourself and surround yourself with a team and collaborate. And I think, yeah, all artists, collaborate. It's fun. Enjoy it. For mm. me, like, I've really found enjoyment. Even though, like, this year's been, like, COVID, COVID life, I've really enjoyed it because I've just, like, thrown caution to the wind. I'm like, I'm just going to have fun because I don't see anyone outside of sessions. Mm. So, like, I'm going to have as much fun as possible. And I've created some amazing tracks that are just so fun, just from fun, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, have fun. Enjoy the journey. Um and just like be sensible about when you when you tip your career to that point and charge etc etc and yeah that's my advice so good cat 
You cram, you crams a lot in there. People are gonna have to listen to this one twice with like hey, notebook and a yeah. pen, in it, babes. Yes, babes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been great. I mean, um, we've been meaning to sit down with you for a really long time. I'm so glad we've done it. Thank you guys for having me. I love you two as individuals and together. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thanks, lovely. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Bye. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music.